0: Welcome to Standout, where entrepreneurs share what they've done to become media darlings. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. On this show, we talk about the power of publicity and how you can use it to grow your business. This is episode number 34. If you want help getting featured in the media, check out the PR Pro Community, an online training academy for entrepreneurs who want to learn how to connect with journalists. More details at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash PRPro. I had the chance to meet today's guest during a conference near my home in Virginia Beach. We were both speaking, and her story captured all of our hearts. Kristen Meekoff became a widow at the age of 33. She has spent the years since creating a supportive community for women just like her. She found a way to turn her grief into a gift for others. Along the way, she's connected with names you probably already know Deepak Chopra, Katie Couric, Maria Shriver, just to name a few. These are relationships she initiated on social media, Twitter, in fact. She'll talk about how she did that and how over time these relationships developed into something incredible. Welcome to Standout, Kristen Mikoff. It is a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so very much. I'm honored that you would even think of me to be able to be a part of your community. Thank you. I think our audience is going to learn so much from you and will understand once you start speaking. I had the opportunity to hear you speak at a conference that we were both at just a few weeks ago near where I live in Virginia Beach. And um, your story is painful. It is uplifting at the same time. So I'm going to let you talk about it. Um, how you began your journey to being an author. And it starts, of course, with your personal tragedy.
1: Yes. Unfortunately, in 2007, I was 33 um, when my late husband was diagnosed with adrenal cancer. And uh, he died very shortly after the diagnosis. And because it was asymptomatic, there were absolutely no signs or symptoms that uh, would have led us to believe that it was stage four. It was this serious. And I waited several years um, to kind of understand the grief, how it works within me. And because I was so young, you know most of my friends were having babies. I was getting invited to you know still weddings. It wasn't um, typical to be invited to to a funeral of a spouse. And so my network really um, began to shift, and I thought that I really wanted to be able to um, help other widows. And so I thought I had this idea. Um, you know, I read that c s. Lewis said, we read to know that we're less alone. And I had an idea of putting as many narratives together from widows from all over. I didn't care what their educational, religious, spiritual uh, background was, whether they had children or no children, or the cause of death. And so um, I am a LMSW, I'm a licensed master social worker, and nobody in my family is in the publishing industry, nor are they writers or. Um, I'm not famous. I don't have a famous last name. I'm not related to anybody famous, and so I was very um, kind of disillusioned about the publishing world. And I had absolutely no idea that you had to have a platform. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know that you had to have a literary agent if you didn't want to um, self-publish. That just was something that I chose, you know, not to do. And so, um, you know, it was it was probably you know, two, two and a half years into my, kind of my research on my own, that I realized that this is, this is how the game is played. And I was very much on the outside, and I um, had this idea that I was going to do a Huffington Post blog entry, literally blind post. I knew no one. I didn't even do it as an attachment, which I hear now is like a big no-no. And I heard that they wanted to have um, stories about moments that were transformational. And so I sent something in to them, literally look, looked it up on the website. Like I said, I knew no one. And I received a reply email, I believe, within a couple hours. And it went up the next day on their social media. And they pushed it out, um, like literally and figuratively. And I had no idea. When I got home, there were thousands, literally, of hits on it. And it didn't go viral,
0: but it really um, opened many doors for me from that point forward talk about the piece that you wrote and how you pitched it and uh, and and where in this journey was this was it before or after the book that you submitted to be to be on Huffington Post
1: it was in 2013 it was in June and I didn't know how to do a pitch I'd never done a pitch before this is
0: this is how green
1: <laughs> this is why there's hope for everybody you do not have to have a lot of fancy um you know titles behind your name and I literally saw when I was reading it over you know I was somewhat familiar with the platform and I saw that they were looking for stories um, of inspiration and transformation and I you know I kind of saw how the length that it should be I mean I studied that and I understood what I thought I understood their audience and that's very minimal editing and when they asked for a headshot I didn't have one and they said well we just give us something from your Facebook." And I said, and I wasn't thinking about this, but I had completed um, a major run. I had completed a marathon, and that was my Facebook profile. And pro tip: do not use that as your headshot because I came of that not thinking and not realizing how big it would look once it's on. Um, you know, after you cross the finish line, they said, "Oh, just give us your, you pay- know, your, your uh, profile picture." I'm like, okay. Um, so yes that was 2013. And that's when um, the path began to change.
0: I got it. I I talk with uh, the entrepreneurs in my membership community about the story and how the story is really the most important part, which is what you were able to deliver. You talked about the transformation in your life, the sorrow and the moving forward. I need need to show folks who are watching the video, your book. So it's A Widow's Guide to Healing. and, And it's, it's, it's excellent. It really is. It's one of those books that, um, that you don't necessarily want to have to read, but there are people who are touched by loss who will learn so much from it. So thank you for writing it. I know many people will say that to you. Um, but, but talk to us about, first of all, getting this published, getting this book published. And then I'm going to read a couple of the names that are on the cover because I think they're names that most people have heard of. Uh, Deepak Chopra has written something about your book. You have something here from, I thought I read something, Amy Morin, who's also a best-selling author. Um, Katie Couric has written things about you on her social media. Maria Shriver as well. And they're connected to you. How, Kristen? How? I reached out to them directly through no one else. What? And many people, Yes, I need you to say that to- again, actually. I need you to say that I again.
1: <laughs> to directly via Twitter. And it works. Simply. And um, I don't have thousands of followers. I don't have, um, you know, a ginormous platform. I still don't. Um, you know, that's that's kind of just not my jam at this point. And um, it was even less at the time. It was like under a thousand. I mean, but I learned that um, people who are considered influential um, individuals don't care about that. They will, they will connect with you, and you don't have to have, you know, millions of followers or millions of likes or whatever. So it's very, um, you know, I'm very grateful. It's, a game, it's obviously a game-changer for me. And, you know, I'm a very good friend of Deepak. He's my uh, mentor, actually. And Katie Kirk. You know, I mean it's it's um very strange to me that you know that Katie Kirk will send me direct messages. That that's that's odd. I mean it's not going through anybody else. And you know, who would have thought? Never in a million years, you know, um did I think this would happen.
0: What do you think people do incorrectly when they maybe they come up to you and they say, Kristen, you have gotten such a great network, and they say, I want that same network and i for some reason can't get past the gatekeepers what do you think that they're doing wrong in their outreach or in their direct messages or whatever it is that they're trying to do
1: well first of all you have to be um confident in in your story so i don't i did not share obviously with tweets at 100 you know you're limited to 140 characters so you're not tweeting your entire life in one i mean that's obnoxious too because they Deepak, I know, receives thousands of pitches every day. What I think happens is that people limit themselves and are afraid to reach out and think, um, you know, that Katie Kirk would never respond to me. But she did. She did directly. And it wasn't through um, layers and layers of of people. And the same with Deepak. It took me two, two and a half weeks to realize that was him um, communicating with me directly. I assumed it was, you know, I didn't know how the Chopra Foundation worked or the Deepak's team I assume he had um, business associates, interns, you know, he does have a whole staff, but I, I assumed it was them. And so you never know who you're communicating with, but they, they do connect. And it's, and it's, um, I think it's really great because someone like me who, like I said, isn't famous, doesn't have, um, I didn't have a publishing background. I hadn't, you know, had thousands of followers. I didn't have anything go
0: viral. Can achieve, um, a direct connection. So you sent this direct message via Twitter to Deepak, to Katie, to Maria. and No, I did.
1: I mean, the whole world saw it. It wasn't even direct message at that point.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay. But- Can you take me through that then? What was the tweet chain like? What did you say? And then what did they say in return? And then we'll go on to another subject. But this is just fascinating to me.
1: I, you know, I had um, looked at Deepak's website, and I was, you know, I was curious about, um, and I at that point had not read any of his books, but I, I saw that he was doing a health initiative uh, called the Weightless Project at the time, and I was interested in in um, the malnutrition as not to write about for a book of my own, just um, something that really kind of raised my curiosity, and so I said I would love to be able to talk with you about this. And I got re- respond and he said, what's your email? And, I'm, and people are like, you gave him, you gave him." I said, nobody was following me. I didn't care <laughs> if I gave up my email. <laughs> trust me. No one else contacted me and it was you know, in my inbox and it didn't say
0: anything. It just said, you know, connecting. I didn't think it was him. And like I said,
1: two, two and a half weeks went by before I realized.
0: So it goes from that initial connection on social media, on Twitter, then how does it go to having them with their names on words on your book, like on the cover of a book or a a testimonial for your, for your work?
1: Well, I mean, Deepak does everything on his own. And I think people are um, misinformed, at least with me, um, when I've had personal conversations with, I haven't done, you know. Um, a research study on this or anything, but um, I, you, we met in New York. I didn't pitch anything to him at that point. The book wasn't even in that particular stage, and I met him in New York, and I just, I really um, was drawn to who he is, and there was one other gentleman, Pranasha, who um, was in the room at the time. He's the co-founder. Weightless Project has morphed to Gio. and um, these are two people I just wanted to be friends with. Yes. That's how kind of... Um, I guess you'd say green I was, and we stayed in communication. And whenever Deepak had a book signing or a book event that I was able to attend, he, um, I went and he remembered me and we exchanged it several, probably, I don't know how many hundreds of emails. And so when my book came around, I did not know um, that the authors are responsible for the blurbs. That is huge. It doesn't matter, you know, who your publisher is, who your agent is, you are responsible for that right and you have like less than I had like three three and a half weeks to get all this together And these people are very busy right you know they have other things you need to send them galleys. I mean um I had a I had a mini panic moment <laughs> and I felt very funny asking Deepak because um I know so many people ask him for things I mean all the time right. and um I told him I said, I, this is my first book. They told me, I didn't know that I had to have a, um, a a blurb. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how this worked.
0: And he said, happy to
1: help you. Send, send, oh. up, send a video.
0: How kind. How would you say that has helped getting your message out there? Because the book is something that comes from your heart. And I know you're trying to create a network that supports other widows. So how important is it to get a name like Deepak Chopra or Katie Couric or Maria Shriver talking about your book, or at least writing blurbs about it for you? How important was that for you?
1: Well, all three of them did do that. They wrote blurbs and they talked about social media. Katie did an interview with me for Yahoo. Uh, Deepak did tweets. um... So, I mean, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. My book is niche. You know, you don't look for it unless, unfortunately, something's happened to you. It's kind of like a marathon book. Like, you don't pick up the book or you don't seek it out unless you're going to run a marathon. And so when you have a very specifically focused book it's even more difficult to spread the word. So it's even, I would say, begin to plan years in advance because this is years in the making. People think that, you know, this just happened overnight, that I was in New York and the next day all this just came. And that's not what happened. Um, so it's it takes years. And, you know, it, it's still happening. You know, I still have to... I was at the UN, for example, and that happened as a result of a, one Huffington Post article. And I didn't think anybody read it. And... Uh, to my surprise, somebody read it, and um, with long story short, with I think it was like two years later, I was at the UN. I was at the UN this year with Wait, my well,
0: Go go back to that. So this is for same one from the one you talked about a few minutes ago. You
1: no, know, it's a different article. Okay. Um, I had asked if. Um, they were interested in, they said they wanted other pieces from me and I submitted other pieces and I realized, you know, it wasn't getting in as many, what you call, um, traffic on the media. And I thought, okay, well that that was short-lived. Thank you very much. You know, I'll just go back to writing longhand in my little journal here. And they said, <laughs> no, 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 you've got something g- good. We want more. Send us whatever you have. And eventually they said, we're going to, um, there's different levels, but you know, we're going to give you a this column for blogging and i wrote a piece about um something else that had to do with a compassion for widows and healing and lord lumba who's also did was very kind i saw it and invited me to london and i met him and he's an ambassador for widows the Lumba foundation and um that led to literally being being at the un he invited me as a guest
0: One thing you spoke about at that conference that we both were speaking out a few weeks ago was courage. Because even though you had the idea and you had the desire to help other people who were just like you, it takes a fair amount of courage to reach out. It takes courage uh, to do anything, honestly, that is outside of your comfort zone, which is what you've done. So talk a little bit about the courage part. And I know you've got a new story related to courage and, and kind of open acceptance, uh, related to a new book that you have coming out soon, but I'd love for you to talk about courage a little bit and then being open to opportunities.
1: Well, actually I don't have a new book. Um, I was, I'll explain in a second. I do have, um, I'll tell that story in a moment. I'm contributing to a major, <laughs> major book, but I think what um, happens is I think because nobody knows who I am, it kind of gives you permission to try things. Because when everybody's watching you and you're you know pitching from the mound and you're very well known and you have a bad day, everybody knows about it. You know, and they talk about it. It's out there. People replay it on YouTube. They can't believe that you made a mistake or whatever. And because nobody knows who I am the risk was very minimal to me. I mean, okay. So Katie Kirk doesn't follow me. Uh, that's what happened is I did a tweet to her. She didn't respond right away. And then she started following me. And then I realized I could direct inbox. her. I mean, that's what happened. So, <laughs> wow. so my day wasn't ruined if she didn't follow me is what I'm saying, because I ha- you have to keep it in perspective. So yes, you have to have courage. You have to believe in your story and you do have to take some risks and I don't mean financial. I mean, putting yourself out there, testing the waters and telling yourself, I'm going to try something new. So if this isn't working, I'm going to try something, you know, with another social media set or reach out to somebody else. Right. And so um, to answer your question, what happened is I um, believe that my late husband, one of the great things that he did teach me was that gratitude is the answer to every question. Uh, And I believe that um, the, you know, very much to my core and I did that tweet and that's how American Greetings, the card company found me and they did a very beautiful interview with me that got a lot of traffic and also um, I wanted to submit a piece to Live Happy Magazine and they said it's not quite right for the magazine but we're interested and I spoke with the editor-in-chief, Deborah Hise, about it and she said, you know, would, I'm doing this book, and I, and I, you know, there's like a couple of famous people, and then we want your story about the healing power of gratitude. I said, oh, okay, so I submitted it. I got a contract. Um, they said, you know what? We're going to keep yours in first person. It's it's fine. And I really heard nothing else. I signed it, sent it back, and then I was looking at, literally at the Live Happy magazine because I just thought, oh, you know, I still wanted to be in here, but whatever, you know, I'm going to be in this. I don't know, this book or something. I opened up the magazine <laughs> one day because I had a great ad that said, you know, coming soon. And these were the contributors, Hoda Kofta, Arietta Huffington, Jason Moraes, Alanis Morissette, i think Nikki <laughs> Taylor, Gretchen Rubin, um, the founder of Zappos, <laughs> I can't remember his name. But these are the people, and then, there's, you know, and then I'm in this. And coincidentally, um, I saw that she was also going to be at the U.N., when I was there um, for Laura Lumba, and um, the UN has adopted International Day of Happiness. And I don't just mean like smiling. I mean the things that contribute to the health and well-being of children and adults within a particular nation, society, state across the globe. And her book is recognized as that. And so that's
0: where I was introduced at the UN bookstore earlier this year. Oh, that's amazing. And so just to make it clear, you had originally pitched an article and didn't necessarily get the response you wanted. They said, "Let's do something else," and instead, you got a spot in a book with some pretty heavy hitters. So, congratulations.
1: <laughs> That's what I said. You know, I think you know I was I was, but and I I had no idea that her calling me or I, mean, I you know, we made the arrangement to talk to me on, on the phone. Yeah. But who she was and how big she was, as far as having um, former editor of Success Magazine, now um, President Miriam. I mean, I. I And I think sometimes that's what helps um, me to stay kind of focused on what I want to do is I'm not as active in social media or the publishing world that some are.
0: Kristen, talk about what it is you want to do. You've got a lot on your plate. Um, If you take a look at your website, which I'm going to link to the show notes for this episode, you're a lot of places you, your writing is in many, many big places. So talk about what it is you want to do with the platform you've been able to build.
1: So there's two things. I mean, the core is still the the book, the widow's guide to healing and understanding helping widows and those who work with widows to, um, to be able to manage their grief in a healthy manner. And then the second one is kind of is, um, kind of developed on its own very organically. And it's the health and wellness piece. Um, and so I was at Fitblogging and I was a speaker there in Indiana. I met you at, um, obviously, just was it last month. And so mm-hmm. it's about helping people understand their unbounded potential and really working that to make that the core of their being. And once you really understand that and helping people to um, work wherever they are, because everybody has a story. Everyone has a story, and it's being able to tell that, and like you said, with courage and with a certain amount of grit <laughs> that is required to kind of, I would say, really emerge into um, one, developing their full potential, because you can't really do that unless you become transparent with yourself, and that's kind of like the message that I use um, in teaching. I spoke about Illuminate in that program that I've developed
0: love it. Love it. We'll talk about that too in the show notes. I'll link to your website and uh, all the information regarding that. We were talking before this interview about celebrities and influencers Christian mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. really they're just like everybody else. They're they're human beings and you treat them like everybody else and that's how you found success, right? Yes, I
1: mean I remember being very, very, very nervous when I first met Deepak, and Lee Woodruff, who was Bob Woodruff's right from ABC, emailed me that morning I we had reached out to her via Twitter through an email. Um, and she said, you know, he puts out his pants just like everybody else, Kristen. And I, I remembered that, but you know, I could not get anyone local to tell my story. Wait, say no, that again.
0: I-, I need to hear that again actually. Like you so you reached out locally, uh yes. you Yeah.
1: I live in Metro Detroit. It's a huge segment area. I mean, you probably know that from um, your obviously background, professional background. And no one would take my story, but um, ABC World News. I developed a relationship with somebody there, and I was, um, you know, with Dr. Richard Baxter last fall, who was the chief medical correspondent. And I did tweet chats. I've done a few pieces um, in collaboration with them. So I couldn't. I still. I still struggle getting um, my story to uh, locally. I have no idea. So I, I it's kind of the reverse that most people say: the relationship first is what matters. And so many people get lost in trying to do, you know, what used to be termed as social climbing. And people remember that. Um, and people can spot people who are inauthentic. Right. Very big. The big names can spot you if you're not genuine and not transparent, and you're trying to just uh, align yourself for a particular reason.
0: Kristen, you've really got a great story to share and some really valuable advice for us. One last question before we go. It's something that I ask everybody who comes on our show. It is what makes you a standout?
1: That gratitude, that I know and I believe that gratitude is the answer to every question.
0: Kristen Mikoff, thank you for sharing your story and for talking mm-hmm. with us today. Thank you so very much. Want to catch the show notes for this and past episodes? All of the standout shows are in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode number 34. The best way to get this show in front of more listeners is to subscribe to and review the show on iTunes. Thank you in advance for your support. Until next time, I'm Cheryl Tan.